Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What's wrong What's going on, everyone, and welcome to The Reformatory, podcast for the local church and by the local church, and we are your local churchmen. Mm. My name is Josh Loftus, and I'm with my uh, recently, it looks like you're on the mend, Jack Barry. Yeah, I'm starting to get better. My voice is a little bit James Earl Jones-ish, or... Hey, you know, the cold, I mean, The cold uh, soul vibes. You know when you get it cold, and your right. voice kind of gets all soulful and yeah. bluesy? Yeah. What a wonderful <laughs> world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, uh, man. I'm glad you're on the men, man. You, you sent me a Marco. You look like death warmed over. Man, a couple on, days ago. I think it was Monday. I had like the triple like worst yeah. Monday I've ever felt because mm. I was sore from working out on a Saturday, which right, I'm starting to right. do like, I'm starting to see a personal trainer and stuff like that to start there working out. Getting and all then, swole. And then on top of that, so I'm sore, I'm like yeah. dead. And then on right. top of it, I was congested and I'm just like feeling like garbage. And then I had a I had a I diverted a migraine attack. So I basically had the little auroras, but I yes. took my migraine medication in just the right amount of time that I nice. didn't like have like this surging headache for the rest of the day, but man that day stunk the worst sorry anyway well you you look like you look like you're doing better yeah uh yep yep. vitamins vitamin c water all the uh all the good all all the good things the good accoutrements that's right (laughs) that's right oh jack man life's crazy right now man yeah Life's nuts. Yeah. Trying to find like, so, so we're, we're wanting to make this move up North, right? Like, and, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it before. I'm trying to, trying to get out of the ever area and get, get up North on the I-5 a little bit, but you know, like work and mm-hmm. how, housing right now is impossible to find. I'm pulling my hair out, <laughs> trying to find stuff, man. And thankfully I've got a lot of hair to pull out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's just nuts, dude. And it's yeah. like it and it's bad everywhere, you know? It's it's uh it's just bad everywhere. So it's not a good time to be trying to find a place is what I'm finding. Yeah, I mean it's weird because 
I bought my house in 2018 and the equity in it is just insane. I could basically do a cash out refinance and start to help my dad on one of the houses that he has as a rental back in Ellsburg. That's right. And it's like, man, it's crazy the position I was in to get this house when I got this house. Because now it's like I have... I have leveraging going on here. Well, that's so. nice, man. You know, I mean, anybody who's in real estate right now is doing well. You know, yeah. Um, but that's all boring talk. We can <laughs> we can stop we can stop about that, man. Um, Kenobi is great right now. I don't want to go too oh, yeah. far into it. Kenobi's doing awesome. I'm enjoying the Kenobi series. I know some people don't like it. That's okay. You don't gotta like it. It's totally fine. Um, but I'm enjoying it and looking forward. to I think we're gonna watch the next step tonight. Man, so all the haters. I saw the yeah, newest. Ep- I saw the newest episode and I loved it. Everybody's as usual. Everybody's like critiquing to the sure. max, and it's like for crying out loud, people! It's Obi Wan Kenobi TV show. That's right. It is that. Like, do you but understand the gravity of that? <laughs> just be happy. Seriously. So. All right, Jack. Well, before we hop into our topic, man, uh, we are going to get into the reformatory cigar of the week, and mm-hmm. you have a, uh, you have kind of a a not not very well known. I think I think we're I think we're heading into the boutique area right now. A little right? bit, yeah. What you got for us, man? Okay, so this is a cigar by actually by J.C. Newman, which J.C. Newman is like, if you know anything about cigars, J.C. Newman is like. One of the top, I would say, cigar makers in the United States. But they have made a cigar called La Unica. La Unica. And they make it in two different wrappers. Uh, One of them is a Connecticut wrapper and the other one's a Maduro. I have smoked the Maduro before. And man, if you have this during breakfast, it tastes like, has these complex, earthy, coffee. Bacon and eggs. (laughs) uh, I I mean... (laughs) It definitely doesn't taste like that. Um, <laughs> has this toasted marshmallow almost taste to That's it. That's right. Um, so very good. Uh, a lot of just, it's a almost a puro Dominican cigar almost. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's got a Dominican wrapper, Dominican filler, um, broadleaf Maduro. Uh, it, it, it really is just straight, straight Dominican, which you said you wanted to get into more. Yeah. Right? Um, so it's usually aged around five years, which is pretty pretty nice. Yeah, and uh, uh, Cigar Insider rated this a ninety eight out of a hundred, which is rare for a cigar. It it, it rounded yeah. out at about ninety for Cigar Aficionado, mm-hmm. but sticking with how you know our our boutique sensibilities, <laughs> Cigar Aficionado's rating systems a they're, little yeah they're I'm not on the snobbier side of things. just a little bit yeah <laughs> just 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 and hey if we're calling people snobby you know it's bad <laughs> right what's the msrp on this sucker jack uh you know? so usually so i have bought this uh anywhere between depends upon which vitola sizing you get but anywhere between probably seven to ten bucks which is pretty okay. good uh i think the the smaller robusto sizing is going to be more on the cheaper side Okay. Um, which is nice. Uh, but if you want like a longer smoke, it, I don't think it really breaks the bank, to be quite honest. So there we go. Very All right, nice. ladies and gentlemen, we'll head on over to uh, JC Newman. It's the La Unica Dominican Cigar by JC Newman, uh, or 
Nooms, uh, you know, for his friends. You know, he likes to go by Nooms. Nooms. <laughs> Nooms. I don't know about that. JC Nooms. <laughs> <laughs> Head on over, grab yourself the La Unica. Uh, it's a good smoke. You'll enjoy it. That is the Reformatory's Cigar of the Week. Go and smoke to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. All right, Jack. Topic for today. It's yes, a good sir. topic. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying. Uh, I'm enjoying the. I don't know if I'd call them s- more simple topics, but I am always attracted to topics and things to talk about that have real practical application, right? Yeah. And that's something that we're getting into today. So what what we are going to talk about today is how to is is the responsibility of the local church member when it comes to the Sunday morning sermon, yeah. right? I think for a lot of folks, they see the time of the exposition of the word as a time where they just kind of sit there and this is, you know, this is the time where the pastor you know, d- does all the work, right? Yeah. And you sit there and you intake the sermon and that's it, right? Uh, and it's important, I think, for us to understand that, especially if we're going to uh, be, I think, effective members in our church, effective uh, leaders of our homes, effective, you know, f- fill in the blank, just, just, just effective Christians, it matters how we engage with the Sunday morning sermon. Yeah. Right. So we as a member of a local church have a responsibility. We actually have some work to do mm-hmm. when it comes to the Sunday morning sermon. Right. I th- yeah. I do not think it is simply a time to just sit there and intake information. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not an intellectual process. Right. I think we we need to be very aware of how we are interacting with the sermon that's being preached on Sunday morning, right? So that being said, I have personally found it uh, profitable to ask three main questions, right, when we are listening to a sermon. And this begins to help kind of train the brain and reorient the mind to engaging with the Word of God being preached, I think, in a more beneficial and more biblical way, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's important as we are listening to the sermon to be asking ourselves some questions. And there's plenty of questions that you can be asking. I've narrowed them down to three that I think are profitable, right? First one is, what does this sermon, right, this exposition, what does this say about God? Yeah. Right? That's an important question. We've got to start there, Mm -hmm. right? I think it was, was it A.W. Pink, I think? said that what what you believe about God is the most important thing about you, mm-hmm. right? You must start with who God is, and then that is going to dictate and inform the rest of your questions, right? Which leads us to the second question. What does this exposition say about me? Yeah. Right? And then that will lead into the third and final, and I would say just as important, how then shall I live in mm-hmm. view of this exposition, right? Because it's important to remember this. If we're simply engaging with the Sunday morning sermon on an intellectual level and simply view it as a time to to gain knowledge, right, and to yeah. impress your friends and influence your your enemies and <laughs> and become the smartest guy on Wednesday night Bible study, right? Yeah. 
we're drastically missing the point. Yeah. Right. We shouldn't be engaging with the word of God in that way. Right. Mm-hmm. When we read the word of God, we should do so with the intent of of having it expose things in our life that needs to change so that we can come into a greater conformity with the image of Christ. Yeah. Right. It's the exact same with the sermon being preached. Mm-hmm. Right. It, we need to understand that as we are listening to the word of God being preached, we have a responsibility to go through these questions and then actually put into practice, ask the question, how shall I live when it comes to what I have heard preached? Right. So we're going to go through these three real quick. I want to throw it over to you first, Jack. When you think of the first question, right, when we are listening to the word being preached, we ask ourselves, what does this exposition say about God? Yeah. Why do we start there? Why is that important? Yeah, I think that um, this is kind of interesting, too, in our society right now, because funny enough, I think that one of the groups of Christians that is really tackling the doctrine of God pretty well, I would say, and a lot of other denominations are looking at them as well, too, is the particular Baptist denomination here in North America. That's us, baby. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) even though I don't belong to the particular Baptist denomination, I would categorize myself as, you know, amongst their ranks, but... You're more of a nonconformist, particular Baptist. I'm more of the uh, independent, uh, the independent, <laughs> the independent <laughs> fundamentalist. Uh, yeah, no, uh, no, not that. <laughs> so, yeah, not the fundamentalist. Um, no, no. <laughs> so, I would say, like guys, like uh, you know, James Dolezal or Richard Barcelos, um, uh, the Renahans, any one of the Renahans. Renahan. <laughs> um, I think they do a really good job at tackling the the doctrine of God because you have to start there. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that we are, everything that we will be starts with how we have been created by God and who God is and how he has made us in his image. And so I think that's very important as the creature, <laughs> as the created, uh, to understand your creator in these certain, uh, intimate ways from the word. And so I think that's very important to start out because you're, you're going from and you're understanding who God is from the scripture on the basis of you are as, are as created being, uh, who is listening to what the creator is telling him or her. And so I think that's important when you're sitting there in the, in the Sunday service. Yeah. Um, because there's a, there's a deep, I don't know, this is just me, but there's a deep kind of understanding, a lot of thinking of, not only intellectually, but spiritually as well, too, on a Sunday morning that comes into play, where you're thinking about these things from different angles and different facets. And so, um, primarily, like, this is God's word to us. (laughs) So your pastor's doing his best at uh, doing the exposition on that. And so... But also saying, you know, he, God wrote this word to us for his people, for their edification and their understanding of who he is and the building up of the body. And so I think that's very important that we start with God because he's communicating to us not only his love for us through his word, um, but also this kind of deeper level that we're his created ones and that through his word, by his spirit, we will 
understand that a little bit more intently. So mm-hmm. it really comes down to, I think, a discussion about um, authority, mm. right? Because, like, like you were saying, it, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting concept, especially in the society that we live in today. Right. I mean, you look around in society and you see nothing but individuals trying to create themselves in their own image. Right. And trying to live a life that is purely defined by what they want and how they want to live. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's no consideration whatsoever for just what you're talking about, that I'm a created being. And because of that, I'm beholding to my creator. Right. So when we look at a society that is just it's all about defining self right however you want to define yourself that's fine you can define yourself however you want right yeah if you want to be a different gender you can be a different gender if you want to be a different age you can be a different age if you want to be sexually attracted to whoever you can do that right and it's just Mm -hmm. and it's just non-stop right sure that's just the culture that we live in yeah but when it comes to reality whether you're christian or not God is your authority. Mm-hmm. You either acknowledge it or you don't, mm-hmm. right? So because that is true, because we are his created beings, because everything flows in and through God, because it starts with him, that's where we have to start, right? Yeah. I don't have the authority to define myself however I want. Yeah, I don't have the authority to live a life however I want to live it. I don't have the authority to be my own God, right? Yeah. Which is essentially what that mentality says, Right. And this is true in all aspects of life. And this is especially true on Sunday morning when we're listening to the word of God preached. I need to where wherever wherever the exposition is that Sunday. Right. I need to be asking the question, what do these truths that are being preached to me through the word of God, through the prompting of the Holy Spirit, through the faithful exposition of the pastor? What do these words say about who God is? Mm-hmm. Because it's important that we understand who God is. Yeah. Right? So much theological malpractice occurs because of an incorrect view of the holy. Right? Yeah. And I, I remember, man, I remember being 13 years old and listening to R.C. Sproul on, you know, he's got his Diet Coke and he's got his big old <laughs> chalkboard and his hair is a mess, right? And he, he's like, it's important that you understand who God is, right? And just his gravelly voice, dude, I love it. It just gives me chills to this day. But something that he impressed into my mind was the importance of understanding who God is. Because once we understand that, and of course, we'll never understand it fully, right? I believe we'll be, it'll be an, an, an eternal process of understanding the depths of who God is, right? Which is yeah. what's going to make heaven so wonderful, right? Yeah. But do- God does give us the ability through his word to understand important aspects of who he is. Mm-hmm. And we have more than enough information given to us in his word that then should dictate how we live, right? Yeah. I think as well, too, when you look at it also from the perspective that we do, the first three chapters of the second London Baptist confession are on the Holy scriptures yeah, on God and the Holy Trinity and of God's decree. Mm-hmm. And so that's really following kind of what we talked about as well too, is that it's so important that we're front loading 
doctrine of God, who God is, why everything right. flows from him first before we talk about anything else. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So we have to start with who God is. That is question one. What is this exposition on Sunday morning saying about God? Yeah. Is it true? Right? So that then leads to the next question. Now that we have defined who God is, we are viewing this exposition, we are viewing this next question through the lens of the first question, right? Because of what we confess this says about God, mm-hmm. what does this now say about us? Yeah. Right? And you're going to come to pretty much the same answer. Well, that's actually not true. Depending on where you are in Scripture, right? This is going to tell you multiple things about who you are, right? And it's important, again, like I said, we are filtering this second question through the filter of the first, mm-hmm. right? So when we get into asking this question, okay, what does this say then about me? That's an important question to ask, right? Because like we stated uh, previously, how we define ourselves, how we how we view ourselves, it is important, right? It just has to be done biblically, mm-hmm. right? So does this passage tell you or speak into your life in a way that, 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 that makes you look really good, right? Yeah. That tells you, hey, you don't really need salvation, right? You don't really need grace. You don't really need, right? If, if, if these are the images that are coming up in your head, it's not the problem of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It's a problem of how you are hearing it and how yeah. you're interpreting it, right? Yeah. So it's very important how we view ourselves in light of the truths of scripture, right? Because the scriptures are very clear about what is true about man, mm-hmm. right? So, and it always, like, something that never ceases to, I think it's very important that as we are listening to the sermon and as we're asking ourselves the question, okay, now what does this say about me? It is the perfect time to be reminding ourselves of the gospel, right? Because yeah. wrapped up in that truth is your sinfulness, your depravity, yeah. your your lack of lack of um, uh, um, ability to save yourself, mm-hmm. right? But then that leads you straight to Christ, right? And Christ's all satisfying work on the cross on your behalf, which then changes how God views you, right? Yeah, and these are the truths that we need to be reminding ourselves of wherever we are in Scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only that, but like, if you have a really good pastor <laughs> or a preacher, they will interweave gospel narrative into the text that you're That's going right. over. Yeah. And I think that is really important as well, too. Um, because then it comes down to when their sermon is starting to conclude at the end of whatever selected text they have, you're starting to see a better picture of the gospel from deduced from scripture and that the gospel is interwoven into the epistles, into the gospel narratives, into anything really. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say that Christ is in every single sentence of Scripture, but he's there. Yes, he's right. He's overall, right. I mean, the Scriptures are pointing back to him. Right. And he even says that of himself on the road to, uh, on the road to Emmaus, 
where he is actually saying, hey, the the law and the prophets and the writings, they're all about me. And he's pointing the disciples back to that. And so really, if the gospel's interwoven into the text, and if your pastor or the preacher does a really good job at this, you're going to see that interwovenness mm-hmm. through the sermon and through the exposition and light bulbs are going to start to kind of ping and they're going right. to start to fire too. So I usually find that with my pastors a lot of the times they'll interweave that a lot of the times. And hopefully you're going to start to see that when you start to hear sermons. Um, but yeah, I think that's really important because that interwovenness of the gospel and scripture is going to really, what kind of Richard Sibbs talks about, it's going to start to stir your affections towards yeah. God. So, yeah. So when, when we're asking the question, what does this say about God? There are many answers to that, depending on where you are in scripture. It can be emphasizing God's wrath. It could be emphasizing his grace, his omnipresence, his, his, his uh, forgiveness, his love. You're right. When, when we ask the question, what does this say about us? We're going to get a much more cohesive and consistent answer. And it's just what we were talking about. It's going to be showing us how we have strayed away from the precepts of God, mm-hmm. how we have been living a life that is deserving of God's wrath, and how Jesus Christ has satisfied the wrath of God on our behalf because of his death and his resurrection. Right. It's going to be a much more consistent and reoccurring answer to that question. But that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. Because that is what we need to be reminded of daily. Yeah. Right. Every time we open the word of God, every time we hear a sermon, every time we pray, we should be reminding ourselves of those truths. Remember where you were. Remember who you were. And remember now who you are because of Jesus Christ, right? It's so important, right? And then that leads into the final, which if it was just going to stop at those two things, right, I think we would have a problem. Sure. Because you're just simply at that point dealing with intellectual head knowledge, Yeah. right? You can confess something is true. You can believe something is is true. You can you can understand the, the theological implications behind what is being preached and what is being said. But if it does not result in real life practical application, mm-hmm. your faith without works is dead. Yeah. Right? And that's what, that's, that is what we hear in scripture, right? That's what James tells us, what Paul tells us, that if you can, you can have, you can speak in the tongues of angels, you don't have love, right? If it's not resulting in something, Mm -hmm. it's worthless. Yeah. Right? So we need to make sure that as we are asking these questions, and they're important questions to ask, what does this sermon say about God? What does this sermon say about me? This third and final question encompasses all of that and actually results in a life that has been changed by the gospel. And that question is then, how shall I live? Yeah. In light of what I'm being preached, right? And I think that's a concept that a lot of people don't get to. And I know it's something that I have struggled and it definitely did struggle with for a long time and that mm-hmm. I viewed the sermon simply as a time to just just, you know, gain some sort of intellectual knowledge, yeah. right? Yeah. And I didn't see the importance. I didn't see how it should be translating into actual life change, right? Yeah. Yeah. I will usually, what I will usually do as well too, is I will take something, I will take the sermon and I'll take the scripture 
and I will chew on it throughout the week and I will think about it and I will, yeah. I will try to purposely try to ask myself those self-application questions a little bit on a deeper level. Um, but if I'm chewing on it throughout the week and I'm thinking about those things, it'll kind of like rabbit trail me into good directions as well too. And certain other parts of scripture, um, that kind of caveat or dovetail onto what has been preached on Sunday morning on the Lord's day. And so, um, those are really good things to think about as well too, is as you're thinking about the text on Sunday, if you chew on it, if you purposely are chewing on that text and I'm using chewing as just like a metaphorical thing, (laughs) you obviously, it's like chewing jerky. (laughs) You know those really hard caramels that have the chocolate on the outside and you chew and chew and chew and chew and it doesn't go away? It's kind of like that. Just just picture the Sunday morning yeah. sermon like a hard uh, reasons candy, yeah. right? It's just, just that. It never, it'll never leave your teeth. Um, if, you're, if you're doing that constantly, I think that you're going to start to see and you're going to start to think of ways in which... Um, you're just going to apply that scripture to your life or it's going to convict you somehow. Usually what happens on a Sunday is, uh, for me at least, is when the sermon is being presented and being preached on a Sunday morning on the Lord's Day, I will usually talk to my wife about this afterwards Hmm. and those stuff, stuff will come up throughout the week that we'll talk about. And that will kind of challenge each other into throughout the week as well too. And so, but then it'll come up in different areas with different people and, and different things and, and different situations that I think it's pretty interesting how that Sunday, even though I would say that just one Lord's day service, maybe is not like this, like a boost of NOS throughout the week for you in your tank. Sure. I think it gives you something to think about and to chew on and to really start to maybe dedicate time to really thinking through that of how that scripture and how that sermon from the text is coming back to you and also how the Holy Spirit's using it throughout the week to kind of bring forth either conviction or encouragement or edification. So, yeah. We show our love and commitment to the Lord and the things that he has done for us by living a life that honors him, mm-hmm. right? And it's important that we don't we don't ask this question, how then shall I live in light of what I'm hearing? We don't ask that question with the motivation of trying to trying to, you know, earn some sort of favor from God. Yeah. Right? We don't ask that question with the intention of I really want God to be happy with me today because if I don't do these things, he's going to be disappointed. He's going to be mad, right? Yeah. We do so with the question, how can I live a life that looks like Jesus with the motivation of, I want to do this because he loved me first. Mm. And I want to show my gratitude, my thankfulness for the forgiveness that he has given to me. Right. And when we listen to the sermon, when we read the scriptures, we must be doing so through the lens of, Lord, please remove another chunk of my flesh Mm. 
mm. away from me and replace it with the person of Jesus Christ, mm. right? And he, the Lord is going to utilize his word. That's going to be the primary means that he uses to do that. Yeah. And when the word of God is being preached on Sunday morning, we have a responsibility to listen to that word being preached and apply it to our life in a practical way. Not just head knowledge, yeah. but to ask myself, okay, this is what it says about God. This is what it says about me. This is then how I should live. Yeah. Right? And that's where that conviction comes from, right? We come under conviction of the word of God. That's the Holy Spirit utilizing it. Don't silence that, right? Yeah. If I if I hear a certain passage and it convicts me like, wow, man, I've been holding some animosity toward this person. Well, that's something you got to take care of, mm-hmm. right? Or when, man, I've been I've been kind of lazy uh, in this in this area of my life. That's something that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to take care of, right? Yeah. Right? And it's not because if you don't do it, you're going to go to hell, right? <laughs> we believe in the eternal security of believers. Yeah. But it does mean that we have this motivation of wanting to live lives that look like Jesus. Yeah. Because Jesus gave his life for us. Yeah. Right? So those are very important questions to be asking yourself when you are listening to a sermon. Because what that's going to do is that is going to enable you to engage in the text correctly, and it's also going to enable you to then utilize that text in a practical way that is for the good of you, the good of your people, and for the glory of God, mm-hmm. right? So let's be not just hearers of the word only, but but doers, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're sitting in church this coming Lord's Day, ask yourself those three questions, Right? As the sermon's being preached, what am I hearing about God? How does this make him and his glory, like, how does this show how magnificent he is, right? Yeah. What does it say about me? How does this show my dependency on Christ? Mm -hmm. How does this show my status now as his son or daughter? Yeah. Right? And then those truths culminate in, okay, how should I live these truths out practically in my life? Right? How do I do this in my church? How do I do this at my work? How do I do this in my home, mm-hmm. my personal life when nobody's watching, right? Except God. Yeah. How do I live my life? Right? Those are important questions to ask. Yeah. And I think it's a good format. And there's plenty of other questions that you can ask, right? Let those, let the that kind of framework, like Jack was talking about, springboard you into other things, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to just stick with those three questions. Let, let, let the Holy Spirit guide and convict and encourage the way that he does. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's a good thing, right? But that's that's just a framework. That's a framework there that, that ho- hopefully helps you. And I know it's it's helped me, and it's kind of changed the way, ever since I, I, I kind of started thinking about it, and it changed the way that I view Sunday morning sermon and the way that I interact with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jack, any last words, mo- bro Chacho? No. All good things to think about, and yeah. um, it really it really does help too to think about those things in the bigger picture in light of that text on Sunday and how I think you could probably get, I would say, more content out of what you out of what we just talked about right now throughout the week instead of just passive listening per se. Yeah, hundred percent, and I think I think that's why t- you know. I'm not a big uh, uh, note taker, right? especially during sermons. I, I'm not very good at taking notes. I was never take, good at taking notes during lectures and things like that. Yeah. 
But if you write these three questions down on a piece of paper, yeah, and then just jot down some thoughts as the sermon's going, right? Keep that piece of paper with you throughout the week, yeah, right, yeah, and and it's it's it helps to solidify that passage and solidify kind of that thought process in a way that's going to actually form <laughs> good habits, right? And then we start to do it uh, naturally as as we listen, right? So there are good things to dwell on throughout the week. Don't let the Sunday morning sermon simply be something that you engage with on Sunday morning, and then when you walk out the door and you're heading to Starbucks or Cracker Barrel or whatever it is, <laughs> you don't think about until, you know, the next the next Sunday that shows up. Yeah. Right. They're good things to dwell on throughout the entire week. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jack, I think Big Eva has sung. I think Big Eva has sung, sir. Yes, sir. I think we're going to, I think we're going to get out of here. I'm going to go do some stuff, go do some work and then uh, probably watch that Kenobi tonight. Mm. And then, um, yeah. Before we leave. Yes. Friends, if you enjoy these little conversations, these little, Tittles, if you will, of of wisdom and knowledge from the Bible. <laughs> these little, these little what, dude? I am going full tilt English. These, these what? Now? Like I don't know. I don't even know if that's a word. Put that in your wordle. See if that jots back any kind of points or anything. Um, you two can follow us if you like. The ridiculousness that you're hearing right now, you too can follow us on the sociables, if you will. The Facebook, yeah. the Zuck site, yes. um, yeah. the Metaverse. Um, I have no clue if they're all going to give us those goggles and it'll be like Ready Player One, but it might happen. Yeah, it may not. You, um, you could also follow us on the Instagram, if you will. It goes well with chocolate and marshmallow. You could also follow us on the Twitter, the Tweaker, the Little Blue Bird site. Will Elon Musk buy this? I don't know. Will he the might. fake bots be ex- expunged from the Twitterverse? You never know either. But it's there. You can follow us all at those sociable sites at the tag at Reformatory Pod. And Josh, you can tell the lovely people how they can support us in other different means. So, so before I do that, I had to Google it. I had to be careful how I Googled it. A, a, a tittle is... Is the little dot that you put on top of uh, lowercase J's and I's. <laughs> so, like in scripture, every dot and tittle, right? So, oh, uh, see? I, I don't know what. I, so, you were close. I, I made don't know some of it happen. Word, <laughs> I totally winged it, but it came out. But totally worked out for our advantage. You, <laughs> you, you were. A, on the T-Box, you could not see the hole, and you drove anyway. <laughs> yep. And you just exactly. lucked, you lucked out and landed on the green, okay? That's what happened here. <laughs> yep. You can support the Reformatory in many ways. Head on over to reformatorypod.com. Get yourself some local church merch. Uh, rep your local church in style. Yes. We appreciate that. You can rate this podcast. And leave us a review. Five stars. We appreciate it. If you're on Apple, just scroll down to the bottom. It's super, super easy. You can do that. That'd be fantastic. Uh, if you have, you know, a spare gallon of gas a month mm. worth yes. of money, you could become a Patreon supporter. And if you do so, our pledge to you is that your name shall be hallowed. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of this podcast. We thank you all for listening. I'm going to get out of here before we get in any more trouble. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We will catch you on the next episode 
of the Reformatory.